I'd like to welcome you to the Super Bowl of Christianity. And I know who won. And I'm glad he did, aren't you? Dr. Harry Reamer was teaching a class in a Bible college. And a young Jewish man asked him, what did Jesus Christ do that nobody else has ever done? Dr. Reamer asked him, as you know, there was some like 30,000 young Jewish men was crucified by the Roman government. And he said, young man, I'll name one if you will. Because there's only one you can remember. Isn't that amazing? Out of 30,000 young Jewish men hung on a cross, how many can you name? Just the one that came back to life again. That's what this day's all about. It's the Super Bowl. It's the grand finale. It's the foundation. It is the very heart of Christianity. Jesus arose again. Ha, I'm glad of that, aren't you? Have you ever thought about this? What a difference one day can make. Let's read in your Bible, please, to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 20. Um, uh, well, go to Matthew and then go to Luke. And it's Luke 24, all right? Okay, I'm glad... I'm glad that somebody knows where I'm preaching from today. Luke chapter 24. Now let me welcome all of our visitors with us today. And let me please help you just a little bit. This is your church today. We want you to feel welcome. We want you to feel just at ease. If you want to say amen, say amen. And if I say something you don't like and you want to say oh me, say oh me. But if you do, I'm sure you'll get a lot of attention if you do. We do not care how high you jump. We just want to make sure that you hit the ground straight and start walking straight when you hit the ground. Amen. It's so good to have you today. I read for you out of the book of Luke chapter 24, and I begin with verse number 1. And the Bible says, Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning. That could be from anywhere at 6 o'clock Saturday afternoon till the dawn of the next day, any day. The Jewish day began at 6 o'clock in the evening. That's the reason the Bible said the evening and the morning was the first day. So beginning at the first day of the week could be the first day of the week begins at 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, I want to share something with you. If you can get three days and three nights from Friday at 6 o'clock till Sunday morning at 6 o'clock, you are the next Houdini. Because the Bible did say as Jonah was three days and three nights in the bed of the well, so should the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. So instead of it being Good Friday... It's a bad Wednesday. That's when Jesus was crucified. Just for your information, it has nothing to do with the sermon today. 
I'm just glad he did raise. Aren't you glad of that? So upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. They entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shiny garments. Now that word perplexed would have been an understatement for me. If I was in the graveyard and it was dark, and suddenly there stood beside me two persons shining like radiance, and they said to me, what do you want? If you ever watched any old Charlie Chan movies, I'd have been the guy with an easy shaking. I'd have faked to shout just to get out of there. And so the Bible said, and as they were afraid, verse 5, and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when you were yet in Galilee. Verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they were talked together of all things which had happened. It came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one with another as you walk and are sad? Sad. Their Savior has died. Sad. He's in the grave. Sad. How can he start a new kingdom if he's dead? Sad. How can he be a deliverer who cannot deliver himself? Sad. They've been to a funeral. Sad. Verse 30. And he came to pass as he sat at meat with them. He took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And he said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Verse 35, And they told what things were done in the way, and how he was known of them in breaking the bread. Sad. And in one day, it turned to glad. One day their heart was broken. The next day their hearts burned within them as he shared with them the scriptures. 
verse 46. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and die and uh, suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. What a difference a day makes. And were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. And it's right in the Baptist church to say, Amen. Did you see it there? Amen. <laughs> that means so be it. Around here it means sickum, preacher. Amen. Somebody said you don't say sickum to a bulldog if he's got a hold of your pant leg. Well, amen. What a difference a day makes. It was a song by that title in the 50s. A lot of you kids don't remember that. But the theme for our sermon today is what a difference a day makes. For example, I bring your attention to December 7, 1941. Everything was calm and everything going along as usual. Then over the radio, somebody said, the Japanese has invaded and bombed Pearl Harbor. One day, okay. Next day, war. What a difference one single day can make. August 6, 1945. The war was going bad. Our soldiers had gone and many of them had died. And on that day over the radio it came to pass that we had dropped the atomic bomb on Nagasaki, Japan. War over. Japanese give up. Because we had some more bombs. What a difference day makes. Where were you? September 11, 2001. Did you see your television that day? With your very eyes, did you watch as those gigantic airplanes controlled by terrorists flew into two of the largest buildings in all of America. No longer did the seas divide us from attack. No longer did the great Atlantic and the great Pacific protect us from our enemies. 
we watch with our very eyes, one day they stood, gigantic, strong, impregnable. The next day, dust. What a difference. Just one day can make in our lives. Oh, we don't know if it's true or not. Many doubt it. July 20, 1969. Hundreds of millions watched as we fling that rocket through the atmosphere, calculated to the right nth degree, so when all the planets and all the universe comes into the right position, they shot that thing out and just so happens the moon and the rocket coincided. And we watched, if you please, as Neil Armstrong stepped out of that ship and put the first foot on the moon. And it was recorded across the, the waves of the sound of all to hear. It's one small step for man, but one giant leap for mankind. But the greatest of all days, as we go back through history as far as you want to go, the greatest of all days was the day the ladies stuck their head in that tomb and said, it's empty. One small step for God, but a gigantic step for man. <laughs> what a difference a day makes. Oh, it's more than just Easter bunnies poem history, if you would please, to see the difference one single day can make in the history of man. Look into the fields of science, if you please, and my soul, if you were to go back over these 74 years that I've been on earth, we've gone from riding around in steel wheel wagons pulled by horses to Corvettes with a thousand horsepower, science, aeronautics, communication. When I was a kid, we used to read comic books of Dick Tracy. I know none of you are that old, but I remember when Dick Tracy could talk into his telephone, into his watch. Yes, he could talk into his watch, and they could hear him down at the station. And I said, my God, that ain't never going to happen. <laughs> Is there anybody here today who don't have a cell phone? Don't raise your hand because we know you'd be lying. We wait for the day when somebody says we have the cure for cancer or the cure for HIV. What a day that will be. But I share with you today, we can comb history and all of its events. If we could turn over every day and leaf back every calendar throughout the history of man, there would be no day compared to the day that our Savior 
arose from the dead. Oh, yes, it's a great day. We celebrate Easter on one certain day, do we not? But God is so good to give us a day every week that we can celebrate Easter. Oh, you ladies look so pretty in your new dresses. You sure do. But you know, if you start coming to church every week, God might give you a new dress every week. <laughs> yes, I know. I just wanted to pitch that in just, just to help you just a little bit so you wouldn't get mad at me. Amen. It's a great day. What a difference a day makes. Oh, I tell you, I'm so thrilled today about the resurrection because the resurrection makes a great difference in my life. Easter should be a different day. A day that makes a difference in all of humanity, especially those who have been born again. And they've witnessed and experienced the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Explain it, I cannot. Experience it, I have. One day I was lost, and the next day I was saved. One day I was on my way to hell, did not know it and did not care. And the next day I was on my way to heaven, bless God, secure, safe, and satisfied with what God had done in my life. A miracle? Yes, it was. I, bail, I knelt as a sinner. I stood up a saint. I knelt as a hell-bound person and stood up a heaven-bound individual. Yes, it's a miracle what God can do. And it's all because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing? We've changed Easter to eggs. Funny colored eggs laid by a funny looking bunny. And it's the only time we come to church because we're going to look for some more bunnies laying them eggs. Why are you here? What's so special? about this day that is not special about every Lord's day. I don't know. I guess I just fell out of the womb on my head. But I just don't understand why anybody would want to come today and not want to be here every Lord's Day. Not to ridicule or not to browbeat you, but I'm just uh, just an old country boy, red-necked as they can come. Just don't comprehend what makes this day so very special over any other Lord's Day. You say, He arose today, but it works. Every day. The amen, preacher, what a difference a day makes. It makes a difference in our endurance. Have you ever thought about that? These fellows had quit. These fellows had gone fishing again. The disciples said, I go fishing. 
Peter did. And them said, well, I'll go with you if you got enough poles. And they went fishing. These two were discouraged down in the mouth, ready to give in, ready to give up. And somebody came alongside them, the one that hung on the tree just three days ago. The one they had heard him say, it's finished, it's over. And they had watched him bow his head and give up the ghost. The one that was bruised beyond recognition, the book of Psalms chapter 22, describes him as being uh, uh, mutilated beyond recognition. He's on the cross. They had watched him take him down. They probably afar off had watched Joseph take him and put him into a barred tomb. They watched the Roman soldiers. They rolled the big stone across the door and set the Roman seal on the stone so they could not be moved. Now, to them, it's over. To them, all they believed is a lie. He's supposed to come and set up a new kingdom, deliver them from Rome, and usher in the millennial reign of Christ. But he's dead. He's dead. They watched him as they wrapped him in grave clothes. They watched as they placed him in a borrowed tomb. It's all over. It's done. It's finished. It was a sham. It wasn't real. Then three days later, the grave and the earth begins to shake. And the grave and hell and all of it seems wrapped their hands around, arms around the Lord Jesus and said, we must keep him in the grave. If we can keep him in the grave, everything he said was a lie. And it's all done. And all of hell and its imps wrapped their hands and arms around the Lord Jesus and said, we'll keep you in this grave. But on the third day, the earth begin to shake and Jesus said it's time to get up and up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes he rose from the grave hallelujah thank God he rose from the dead now let me tell you something that'll do something for me to keep on keeping on. If he suffered for me, why is it such a great deal that I should suffer for him? If he died for me, why should it be such a great thing if I should live for him? If he sacrificed for me and sacrificed for all that he is and all that he had and all that he was, if he sacrificed for me, could I sacrifice one day a week for him. You see, the resurrection does something for my endurance. Disciples, they knew of his power to heal. They had witnessed that. They knew of his power to control the elements because he had stood on the bow of that boat and said, Peace be still. And the storm hushed. 
and silent. They'd watch the little white caps that was turning into gigantic waves against the ship. And when our Lord spoke, he watched as the little white caps ran across the sea like a little puppy to find refuge under the front porch. Yes. The disciples had witnessed all the miracles of our Lord, had they not? They had seen him raise the dead and heal the sick, and yet they had seen him die. And all their knowledge of those miracles had faded away in the depths of death. They had quit, if you please. But something happened on the third day that turned their sad hearts to joy and their quit to commitment. And it was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If he arose, bless God, then I'll serve him. If he's alive, he can do something for me. If he's alive, he can hear my prayers. If he's alive, he'll come back. And if he's alive, he'll take me to my mansion prepared in glory. So I think if it's all right with you, I'll just try to keep on keeping on to a Savior who said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'll keep on keeping on if he's greater than he that is in the world. I'll think I'll just keep on keeping on if he will give me the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. I think, bless your heart, if he rose from the dead, I think I'll just keep on keeping on. I love to read about Winston Churchill. He was invited to speak at a Harvard commencement exercise. I think it'd be quite an honor to have somebody like uh, Churchill. There's other politicians I wouldn't walk across the street there. In fact, I don't even turn my television on to him. Now notice I didn't mention any names. And the great day arrived when Winston Churchill was to speak to the graduates of Harvard University. The crowd was hushed. The distinguished gentleman made his way to the platform. And he stood for just a moment as he looked to his left and looked to his right. And his speech was these words, never, never. Never give up. Turned around, walked off the platform. I think those are good words for a Christian. Since we serve a risen Savior. Never, never, never give up. Or give in, or give out. Can anybody save me? Hang in there. 
You heard that old saying, tie knot and hang on. Well, hang on even if they ain't no knot. Just never. No, sir. He didn't give up on me. He didn't give out on me. Thank God I'll not give up on him. And that resurrection causes me to endure. The Bible talked about a fellow by the name of Moses. And the Bible says about Moses that he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for somebody one day to step out of the eastern sky. You never have to worry about which way a dead person is buried or where the tombstone is. They bury people with their feet toward the east because when Jesus comes back, all they have to do is just stand up. I'm looking for somebody. I'm expecting a guest to come real soon. A distinguished guest, if you please. He's not a politician. He was an awful good preacher. But I'm looking for somebody. And he that hath this hope in himself purifieth himself even as he is pure. First John. Preacher, why do you live like you do? Because I'm expecting somebody real soon. Preacher, why do you have your closet so neat? I'm expecting a guest. He might want to borrow a pair of boots. Preacher, why do you keep your car clean? Because I'm looking for somebody. Preacher, why do you live like you do? I'm looking for somebody to come back real soon. What keeps you going? I'm looking for somebody. Why don't you quit? I'm looking for somebody. Preachers have no problems. I know that. I'm looking for somebody. Are you looking for anybody? I said, are you looking for somebody? What if he comes on Sunday and you're watching the ball game at your house? What if you're at the ball game and he comes back? Wouldn't it be something if the pitcher was saved and all the rest of them guys playing was lost? That would do something for the ball game. What if he comes back when they're having a race out at the racetrack and you're sitting there sucking up your alcohol fumes as they go by? <laughs> That's why people go to the races. Not to see the car, they get high on the fumes. And what if he comes back and the lead car driver is saved? Off he goes. I'm sorry there's been a terrible wreck on turn number three. Can't find the driver. He must have disintegrated in the crash. Preacher, why do you keep on keeping on? He said, if I go away, I will come again. I'm looking for somebody. The resurrection 
should do something for your endurance. I don't know about you, but I it should do something about me quitting, I guess, right about now. But it ought to make a difference in your enthusiasm. <laughs> Can you? I've seen more enthusiasm at an umbrella as I see in most Baptist churches. <laughs> Come on, say amen. Yeah, you'll get all shook up this evening if the if the Mavericks were to accidentally, beyond all measure, perform a miracle beyond all imagination and beat San Antonio. And some of you folks would say, hoop de la, amen. I was reading over some notes last night, and my wife was watching the Ranger game. And I sat there and was amused as she acted just like she is there. And a boy, she'd say, Well, why didn't you catch that ball, you stupid dog? Yeah, I can't say what she... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hope she didn't bring her gun. She's toting. I'm talking about she's in the balcony right now. But man, she was into the game. And I was sitting there, kind of like a nod on the lawn, and said, Is this stupid or what? I was trying to be spiritual. She's yelling and screaming at all of the cowboys. She didn't cuss, but where she spent, burned a hole right in the carpet. <laughs> Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. In the Greek, enthusiasm means get excited. I'm excited because he's not in the graveyard. I'm excited because uh, uh, he arose of his own power. Didn't ask anybody. Didn't need any help. He is the all-sufficient, omnipotent God of glory. All-sufficient. Everything he needs is in his person. Thank God I serve a risen Savior. That ought to make a Methodist shout. That ought to make a donut heal the hole. Can you say amen? Pray God it does something for your enthusiasm. Somebody said, I don't like to hear a preacher that yells. Then put your fingers in your ears. When my face starts turning red, you know that I'm affixing the yell. Just and we'll all live happily ever after. Can you say amen? But I am not one in monotone. Put you to sleep. Saying, I didn't get a hold of me, so I can't get a hold of you. Thank God he arose. Thank God he's victor over his foes. Thank God he gave the devil a jap slapped and knocked him right back into eternity and come out of the grave victorious. It does something for your enthusiasm. Can anybody say amen? I read the other day a cold church is like cold butter. Don't spread very well. Amen. He who has no fire in himself cannot warm others. You'll never get anybody any more excited than you are. Enthusiasm. I like being around people with enthusiasm, don't you? That's what I like. I like to go hunt with Jim and his boys and Andrew. They shoot whether there's anything to shoot at or not. Bang, 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 bang. 
What are you shooting at? Them dragonflies. <laughs> I said, who's at them, man? And you folks who are animal activists, don't worry. They never hit anything. They just shoot good. <laughs> Amen. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is good. It, 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 it's like the cold. It's catching. It'll just ooze over on somebody beside you. You just sit there and all of a sudden you get happy. I was preaching at a Bible conference in California. I think there's some folks that's here. And it's one of them weird Bible conferences. People just said, Amen. Glory. They'd stand up, Hallelujah, and sit right back down while you're preaching. I was preaching on Jesus never comes next. And I got happy. And I started yelling, screaming, jumping, doing dados, turning flips. And about 15 or 20 preachers just up stood up and started praising God. There's a black preacher there. And he stood up. And I asked him the next day, I said, how'd that go? He said, I don't know when I stood. I don't know why I stood. I didn't know what to say when I stood. So I just sat back down. <laughs> it's catching. Enthusiasm. It's contagious. Just watch at the ball games. They call it the wave. I'd be the sucker who wouldn't know when to raise up. Aren't you glad that you serve a risen Savior? Aren't you glad you're here today to commemorate, to celebrate a risen Savior? I know that he lives. He lives within my heart. It does something for your enthusiasm. It makes a difference in your evangelism. What a story. What great news. The Bible calls it good news. Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation. Everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Hey, I have some great news for you. You do not have to die and go to hell. You say, why should I go to hell anyhow? Because you're a sinner. Sinners go to hell. You can eradicate that, and you can fix that today. The Bible said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody here today has fallen short of the glory of God. You say, Well, I'm going to put my bad works on one side of the scale and my good works on the other. And I just hope and pray that my good works gets me there. Forget it, Slick. There ain't no scale. For all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Gift, yes, it's a gift. You can't buy it, 
You can't earn it. You can't live good enough for it. And I can't pass it on to you. It must be received. Amen. I said it must be received. A preacher, you might say, I ask you, are you going to heaven today for sure? Absolutely, 100 for sure. Do you know that if you died right now, you'd go to heaven? If you say yes, I ask you, why should God let you, a sinner, into heaven? Well, I'm going. How do you know? Well, I came to Christ. And I got saved. Thank God you're going. How about you? Do you know absolutely, 100% for sure, that you have received the gift of God, which is eternal life? You get it through Jesus Christ our Lord. A preacher, how do you get a gift? You just receive it. I know Jim's got a $20 bill in his pocket. It's been there now for 20 years. He's tried to cash that $20 bill when we ate for 20 years. I know he's got it. He's got it in his pocket. What if Jim decided all of a sudden, in his omnipotence, that means he's able. What if he decided... He wanted to give me that $20 bill. Dear God, I pray that there was enough. <laughs> and he handed that $20 bill because of the love and the concern in his heart. He handed me that $20 bill and said, Preacher, it's yours. And I would say, well, Jim, boy, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm so glad that you're so giving and so generous. Preacher, really, it's yours. You can take it. All you have to do is just reach out and possess it. And then Jim could stand there for 20 years. It's yours. Thank you. It's yours. Thank you. It's yours. Thank you. But if I don't possess it, if I do not receive it, it's still Jim's $20 bill. That's why God said to as many as receive him, Christ, to them, and only to them, he gave the power to become sons of God. What a wonderful story. It ought to do something for our evangelism. It ought to do something for our willingness to tell folks about the Lord. Lastly, I'll close. It'll make a difference in eternity. The resurrection of Jesus Christ will make a difference when eternity begins. You say, when will that begin? The moment you close your eyes in death, you awake to eternity. Some to heaven. Paradise, life with the Lord, about all eternity. But others, others who do not receive our Lord, the Bible said in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment. 
He said, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, could you just dip your finger in water and let just a drop fall on my tongue? For I'm tormented in these flames. I'm glad our Lord arose because it makes a difference in eternity. The Bible said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It don't make any difference who you are, where you've been. If you believe Jesus Christ arose from the dead, you can be saved. For whosoever the Bible says, shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. And I thank God that about 47 years ago, seated in my house, four little kids and a wife and an ungodly, hell-raising, gambling, drinking, fighting daddy. And the preacher showed me the Roman road. And I, like a little child, just got off my couch and knelt by my couch there. I just said, Lord Jesus, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. Please save me if you can. <laughs> I stood up saved. A miracle took place in my heart. That resurrected Savior moved into my heart in the person of the Holy Spirit. And he's been with me everywhere I go for 50 years. And I want you to know in closing, it gets gooder and gooder as the days go by. It don't wear out. It just gets gooder and better. Of that crowd rednecks. This crowd is it. Gets better and better every day. I want to gooder and gooder for you folks every day. Up from the grave he arose. With a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose in victory from the dark domain. And he lives forever for the saints.